It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Better Faster Podcast. We've got Brandon Vaughn here, Josh Jeffrey, and guest speaker, Bailey Bridgers, the front desk coordinator at the Casey location. Front desk coordinator and social media coordinator. Yeah, that's you. Hey, wait, we're quick. We're here with the birthday boy. Oh, this is man. Josh's birthday. Yeah, it is. I'm getting old. How old are you, Josh? I'm 29 today. 29 years young. Oh man. It's, it's crazy. Where's the time go? <laughs> <laughs> got, a, got a pretty nice welcome coming to office today. Bailey got you a Hard. It's like a side-by-side shot of the dad from The Incredibles. What was the reason yes, for that? Yes. Well, they look okay. There's an uncanny resemblance of the blonde hair, blue eyes, skin color. Josh is always wearing red. The Incredibles wear red. The dad's superpower is strength. Josh is somewhat strong. I think I'll give him that credit. <laughs> I'll give him that credit. And the fact that he does this podcast does. Uh, Carolina performance training does PT school I think it's pretty incredible so the pun there was just too oh, good man. not to I, do I didn't know that the dad from the Incredibles was a ginger <laughs> you, <laughs> are, you are too kind Bailey you are too kind <laughs> a little blonde in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we also should give Bailey a shout out um, getting into PT school and starting here in the fall at of course the real USC pumped to have yeah. you know another great person joining the ranks yep spurs up yep so, Brandon, or Bailey, before we get into Brandon, I get into today's topic. Anything else you want to share with the world right now? <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 no. This, this is, is going in the One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, hey. So while we're here, right? You've been running the front desk at our case company for what four months now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing an outstanding job. Mm-hmm. Tell the. I don't think people realize just how important that position is. I mean, it is the first point of contact when people call the office, people come into the door, that kind of thing. Just real quickly, why don't you just share a few tips for what makes you so good at what you do? Um, One, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I think making the place that you work at a family is really important. I love that aspect of Vertex. Um, we all joke with each other, but we seriously do love working with each other, and I think the patients can feel that and see that because we also love seeing them, and we love having them be a part of the Vertex family, too. They feel just very welcomed and not like they're a side thought when they're here. They're they're very valued, so I feel like making them feel like we um, 
really love seeing them during the day and when they come in, giving them a smile. I'm saying online life a lot. That's good. That's <laughs> good. That's no, you're, no, you're doing good. Keep it rolling. Hey, that's, a, that's important too, right? Because the the communication gurus always say that 80% of communication is nonverbal, right? So yeah. as soon as people walk in, it's the small things. It's standing up and people come in smiling, you know, telling them good morning. That stuff means a lot. Because yeah. people don't do that nowadays. Everybody's like stuck in their phones and stuff like that. So that, mm-hmm. that means a lot. It's those little things that go a long way. And you're really good at it. Very natural. Um, we're going to miss you whenever you go to PT school. Oh, I almost, you. almost wanted to sabotage you and make you wait a year, but no, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how Somebody's going to have big shoes to fill. Yeah. I, well, you can't get rid of me. I'll be showing up randomly and just <laughs> use the office to do some PT work or just bother you guys. I can't, I'm not leaving first for good. Yeah, good, I'll good. Be back. good. Yeah. Some form of fashion. Yeah. So we'll, we, we look forward to having you as a PT student and, and hopefully yeah. hopefully employ one day too. So how things work out in the next few years. Yeah, that'll cool. be cool. Thanks, yeah. Bailey. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So today's topic, we thought we'd talk a little bit about post-operative nutrition considerations because, you know, one of the things that I always tell patients is you got to focus on the things that you can control, right? Nutrition is one of those. You can pretty well easily control the kind of food that's going in your mouth, right? You know, sleep and things like that too. So it's a really important topic. And, you know, I think that if we focus on some of the really, really, you know, bare bone basics with this, um, it can really facilitate healing response and make sure that people come out of this thing better when it's all said and done. Um, So I got three or four big things that I always talk to patients about. Anything that kind of jumps out before we get rolling with that? Yeah, man, I think you mentioned uh, a few great points there. I think for me, we have to do our best to put our body in a position to heal itself as quickly as it can. Right. And Mm -hmm. so healing is a very metabolically expensive process, right? It takes energy for healing to happen. If we're not adequately fueling ourselves, if we're not sleeping and recovering and doing the things that we need to, then we're only delaying that process. Yeah, it might happen, but it's going to take longer. Right. Right. So if we have, uh, you know, if we really are controlling all these other variables, we, we start to let, uh, we start to you know give the body the best chance to to go through the healing process mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So you know along those lines, so I'm gonna start big picture, right? One of the first things that I talk about is just overall calorie intake, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. I know you probably get this all the time. You yep. get a new client, they come in and they'll say something like, "I want to build muscle mass and not mm-hmm. build fat," and it's like, "Well, I do too." Yeah, me find too. A secret <laughs> for that, let me know. But yeah, the body has essentially two states: you got an anabolic state and a catabolic state, mm-hmm. and whenever you're healing. You are burning a lot more calories at rest, and it's a lot of times I find that it's really hard for patients to subscribe to eating more after surgery because they feel like they're sitting around. You know, they'll say things like "I'm getting fat," you know, for lack of a better word. And so it's important to have these talks that, you know, if we're not getting enough calories, that again, this could affect your healing response. And there are some really easy calculations. There are some calculations that are a little more in depth, but I think that just having the conversation of keeping it simple, hey. Make sure we're eating plenty of food. Make sure we're not skipping meals. You're not getting fat. If anything, you actually might be atrophying and actually getting smaller during this process, depending on you know who the person is in front of you. But that is definitely where I like to begin the conversation as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, I think we have been conditioned to think that the amount of you know calorie intake that we take we need to eat is directly related to the activity we do because we feel like that's you know, oh, well, we're, that's where we burn most of our calories, right? But in all honesty, if you look at totally total energy expenditure, 
energy expenditure from exercise and movement is actually not that big a portion, right? You're the rest of your body and all the other biological processes that you, you know, that are going on is the most, you know, calorie consuming or energy consuming. And then you're not what they call non-exercise, um, your neat um, energy expenditure is, is high up there. Your thermic effect of food, you burn energy to consume and process and digest food. Like the actual energy expenditure from training and from exercise is not that high, right? So we, you know, we are kind of conditioned to think, oh, we're not moving as much. I need to eat less. But in this particular instance, that's really not the case. We really want to make sure that we're adequately fueling because we need to set the body up uh, for success. So I, I love you mentioned total calories first, because for me, that's where I start as well. Mm-hmm. So then big picture, kind of working our way inward. The next thing that I talk about is protein intake, right? So protein is essential to make sure that we are not going further into that catabolic state to make sure that we have the nutrients that are needed to increase collagen production, right? What our tissues are mostly made out of super important for the healing response. Now I do realize that people like numbers and Sometimes I get into the numbers of patients. Sometimes I don't. If you, if you're not an RD, if you have, you feel like you need to go by some of the established guidelines. Most of the time, you're going to see something that says the average person should take in 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. I may say that, but then I'll probably follow it up with something like, "Well, you know, if it were me, I might be shooting for something more like one gram per pound of body weight, that sort of thing." Um, but you decide where you want to go with that. But in reality, most of the time, I'm just asking people to tell me about how much protein they're eating. Maybe give me a food log, stuff like that. Just kind of give me a general idea and just see where we can make small changes here or there. Because, you know, this is, this is a little bit of a continuum too, because most of the time we're talking about post-ops, right? Most of the time, the first few days, first week, you're feeling pretty crappy because of anesthesia, pain meds, things like that. And, you know, it usually takes a little bit for that to settle and, and for any kind of GI effects that might be occurring to kind of calm down a little bit. But once they start to kind of level out a little bit, that's where you can work on making some of those changes too. And then I think that from there, you know, if you subscribe to emphasizing protein intake, we need to kind of talk about where we should get those protein sources from or what those protein sources should be. Is a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you made a good point there. A lot of this information, like if you're going to tell this to your patients or clients, one, you need to feel very, very confident that you know your stuff, right? Because it'd be you know, the SC practice act for PTs is pretty vague. Um, basically, if you feel confident in your nutrition knowledge, you can actually give some nutritional recommendations. And, and it's the same thing from a strength and conditioning perspective. Each state, um, there are different regulations on what you can and can't say to people. And so for me, I think if you're not comfortable with that, keep it more general. Like you, you, like you mentioned, you know, talk about the different types of foods that contain higher concentrations of vitamin C rather than giving an actual IU number. There's, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. You don't have to get into specifics if you don't feel comfortable with it. And I would recommend not trying to go into specifics unless you really feel comfortable and you know that you can. Um, but that's my only point on those two. But as you went into more of the, the protein um, sources, for me, man, uh, the idea that you are what you eat is more... Uh, I'm becoming more and more aware and I'm, I'm focusing more and more on it in my own life. And I'm trying to do that with more and more of my clients. Uh, because if, you know, if you think about it, it over the long term here, uh, and this is getting a little bit more holistic, I guess, in nature, but like that, that piece of chicken you are eating is you are basically consuming essentially, you know, 
you have to be thinking all the way back to the type of soil that the plant, that the grass was growing in, that the chicken was grazing on, that the, the type of feed that was coming in, you know, that chicken was eating and, and what, you know, you, if you think about it all the way through there, like there's so much going on. So if you're not really focusing on how you're sourcing your protein sources, um, you know, where you're getting them from, where you're getting, uh, you know, where are you getting, you know, uh, free range grass fed fed meats um, or are you just settling for whatever's the cheapest option at your local food line um, there's th th there's a big difference in quality there um, and this is another instance where um, I want to make sure that we're controlling variables so if you can afford to this is especially an opportunity to make sure that you're you're eating for quality here um, because uh, again your body already has enough to do it's already trying to heal itself from all these different things going on it's already using a ton of energy there so if I am, you know, basically creating inflammation from poor food choices, you know, from in terms of dietary inflammation, that's really not going to help. So uh, for me, I really stress food quality here as well. So I'm looking for more of those, uh, you know, organic options, the free range or grass fed, that kind of thing. Um, and, and keeping the, uh, you know, that protein intake fairly high um, as you, for reasons you already mentioned. What about supplements? Where do protein shakes fit in on this? Yeah. So for me, I, I you know, there's, there's a love, I have a love hate with protein shakes kind of thing, I guess, you know, for me, I, I don't like that they're used often in place of right, real food for, from a convenience perspective. I don't think that's what it was meant for. Um, for me, when I'm talking to a client about protein shakes, or when I take a protein shake, it's mainly because I, I feel like I need the additional protein intake and I don't feel comfortable or able to get that from a, from a real food source. I think ideally we're still consuming these from real food sources. Um, but you know, Shakes are definitely an option there. So for me, it's definitely not my first go-to. I want to have a very, very set and consistent protein intake from real whole food sources, quality sources. And then if I still think protein intake needs to increase from a, uh, you know, maybe a total number or it really is a convenience issue and I've got to have something easy based on that person's lifestyle, then maybe I go the shake route. But um, I think we use shakes and bars too much to compensate for lack of preparation. Um, and, and, you know, cause it's cheap and easy. So, um, I, I like to go the whole food route if we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on from there, you alluded to it a minute ago, but vitamin C, vitamin C is actually one that I always, always emphasize when it comes to tissue healing, even bone healing, that kind of thing, because vitamin C plays a tremendous role in type one collagen synthesis, right? So that's, again, kind of falls in line with what we talked about with protein. That's what our, most of our tissues are made out of, right? So uh, it, it also decreases oxidative stress parameters. And again, if you like numbers, there are some studies, there is one study in particular that has suggested that people take anywhere from 60 to 500 milligrams. That's a pretty broad, broad spectrum. And that could be up to twice a day. And then the length of time could range from seven days to three months. I'm not a big fan of throwing numbers out though when it comes to vitamin C. And a couple of reasons why are because I'm not a fan of them actually taking a supplement because there is some suggestion that there could be some toxicity with that. And also it's just not as easily absorbed um, as opposed to getting the real thing from a food source. So typically what I tell patients is try to get a serving, some type of vitamin C with each meal you taste. That could be anything from, of course, your citrus foods, everybody knows about, to you know, strawberries, to peppers, those superfoods, things like that too. But again, that is one that I, I strongly emphasize day one after surgery. You thought yeah. no, I think that's great, man. I think I love making it in a very manageable, um, 
like a manageable format or structure for people. Sometimes people, you know, if they're not used to counting things and tracking things, you give them like, I want, you know, something very specific like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. difficult for compliance and it, and it adds more stress to the system. So mm-hmm. for me, when you can keep it just like that, Hey, one, try to get one of these type of things at every meal and you give, you have a, a list or you mentioned, you know, you know, food sources that are high in vitamin C right there, that, that makes it so much easier for people because then they can, they can visual, visually see, they can imagine, they, can, they have this confidence that they're able to do it. And that's a big part about nutrition in general is just creating these habits and, and framing things in a way that creates consistency and adherence. And if you can give somebody that something simple like that, like all right, at every meal, I want you to have a, a, size, a, a protein source uh, that's this size. And you give them a reference, maybe it's the, the thickness and the size of their palm you say and a serving of any of these types of things and you give them that that makes it so much more manageable and say hey i need you to eat x number of grams of protein and this many uh you know this much vitamin c and it it, that can be tough for some people so i think you got to read the room you got to read the person and help them you know succeed by providing a plan that makes sense to them and so i like using tangible things like that too i do that with hydration too which during this time you definitely want to maintain your adequate hydration levels Um, i do the same thing it's like, well, all right, well, what's your favorite water bottle? What water bottle do you use? How many ounces is that? Okay, well, I want you to drink five of those bottles a day rather than telling them an ounce number. Hey, get five of those in. And my goal is I want two of those done before you eat lunch. And that will keep them on pace throughout the day. And if you can give them more tangible goals like that that are in a structure that's a little bit more simple and a little easier to follow, you're going to get better compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's like anything else in the business world. So you want to eliminate as many barriers as possible. Mm-hmm. Just make it easy for people. So yep. you're going to have more compliance. So again, last thing on my list you alluded to is, is hydration. Water, yeah. Super important, right? Something we all take for granted, but especially important just to transport all these nutrients to where they need to go that we talked about. But also, again, talking about post-ops, most of the time they're going to be on some type of opioid medication, right? The number one side effect with those is, uh, besides being addicted and going down that road, is yeah. constipation. And yeah. that's, that's a bad thing, constipation dehydration. So very, very important to emphasize that. Even with that, I usually tell them to put a pinch of salt in their water. You do not need to go buy salt stick tabs or noon tabs. You can literally just use your table salt that you have in your kitchen cabinet. Um, that tends to allow that water to be a little bit better absorbed so it doesn't just go straight through you. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I had. You know, Of course, there's all kinds of other you know, micronutrients and you could get into talking about the macros a little bit more mm-hmm. too but i again i like to keep it really really simple really basic yeah I, I think you're exactly right those are great places to start and if we we're going to go from a quantifying the hydration standpoint my rule of thumb for people just very very generally um and uh, might individualize on top of that is just take your body weight and uh, your body weight in pounds divided by two and that's how many ounces you should have half your body weight in ounces is what you should probably be trying to consume um, and now don't use thirst necessarily as a marker, right? And that's something that I talked about people too. It's, it's, it's in this instance, you're not necessarily just drinking when you get thirsty. You want to be really consistent, stay on top of uh, how much you're, you know, you're consuming from a water perspective. Uh, so for me, I, I love that you talked about those different plans there from a micronutrient perspective. I'm a big fan of variants to help prevent a micronutrient deficiency. And so that's with all of my clients or athletes or patients. But in this instance, it, it, again, this could be something where it's even more paramount. We're trying to control as many variables as possible since we have this new you know, issue that our body is trying to work through. So um, I think to do that, my easiest thing is, is to 
eat, eat your colors is what I talk mm -hmm. about is how many different colors of foods can you get in your diet? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can try to set a number, you know, it's like, I want 10 different colors of foods a day. I mean, you can, you can like do that if you want to, but it's just putting in their mind, like, Hey, everything shouldn't be the same color. Right. Um, so that means get some greens, get some yellows, some oranges, so, you know, get different types of peppers and, you know, get your reds, get some tomatoes in there, get, you know, get, there's so many different things out there. And when you put it like that, it's like, Hey, how many different colors of things can you eat? Mm -hmm. Um, that's another way to kind of, of just very simply put in their mind that variance is important. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a Dan John thing too. Yeah. He's always talking about getting colorful, colorful vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just to recap, you know, if, if you like lists, if you like making lists for your patients or even some type of infographic to send out, what we talked about today were ample calorie content, ample protein, vitamin C, preferably through food sources and not supplements, and then water intake. Mm -hmm. so just to kind of summarize there. Yeah, no, I think that's great. It's a great place to start. And it should be something too. If you're not talking with your patients about this or your athletes about these things too, when not just when they're post-op, but you know, these are topics you should be having at all times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if we're truly treating the whole person, then mm -hmm. these are things that you gotta ask, you gotta be talking about. So um don't don't think it's only post-op patients that you need to ask right. about their hydration or ask about you know protein intake. It should yeah. be something across, you know, everyone. Yeah, these are sprains and strains, and, and, mm -hmm. and this is bone healing, too. This is stress fractures. All this stuff helps. Yeah. It's all, it all speeds up the healing time as well, too. Yeah. So if you haven't already, please go on, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I, just a shameless plug, course coming up May 18th and 19th. Just got approved for CEUs in the state of South Carolina. Finally came through. We're, you know, that's been pending, and we've been waiting to hear back from them. So May 18th, 19th here at Vertex, there's a student and a military discount. Please reach out to us, and we'll, we're happy to give you that code to enter there. Uh, it gives you a nice little 20 percent discount on off of our prices uh you know again because we, we really will, would value having both of those populations at our course so again that's two days strength conditioning in the clinic if you want to learn more about how to apply those principles to your patients uh then that is the course for you here at vertex pt uh in casey south carolina uh, if you haven't already please rate and review the podcast we really appreciate it we're trying to get to that 100 reviews uh and we we really closing read, in. we're closing in we read every once how we get ideas for future episodes we can't thank you enough if you've already done it um we thank you again for tuning in and we'll be back next monday this episode is brought to you by vertex pt specialist one patient per doctor physical therapy per hour guaranteed the best physical therapy ever Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.